You're listening to The Real Investment Show. And welcome back to the show this morning. I'm your host, Lance Roberts. Talking about picking up pennies in front of a steamroller, I got a tweet a couple weeks back. Says, I take my hat off to you that you're able to continue picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. Reading your newsletter, I scratch my head in amazement at your ability to increase your exposures in a market you admit is the most expensive ever. He's right. Um, you know, the market is very expensive. And what we've been talking about here over the last couple of weeks is after we had taken money off, the, you know, and this is kind of the party missed. He says he reads the newsletter, but he kind of missed the fact that we had reduced exposure about a month and a half ago. And we were waiting for this signal that we were going through to give us an opportunity to add exposure. So as our money flow buy signal started to get closer to triggering, we started adding a little bit of exposure to our portfolios. Now, we were a little bit early, um, but it's all worked out okay now. Um, but as we, as we talked about in our article, if, everyone, if everybody sees this, it's still a bubble, you know, there is a very massive overvaluation in markets currently. No doubt about that. But that doesn't mean that we just simply go sit into cash and and not do anything. In fact, you know, if we take about valuations as an example, right? Um, one of the measures that I like to use the most is price to sales. And the reason I like price to sales or price to revenue, however you want to classify it, is that that's what happens at the top line, right? If I go out and sell a widget, I get a dollar for my widget. That's, that's my sales. Now, I can do a lot of stuff to manufacture and manipulate my bottom line earnings per share, right? Because I can do stock buybacks. I can do accounting gimmicks. I can do cookie jar reserves. I can do all kinds of stuff accounting-wise to manipulate my bottom line profitability one way or the other. It's hard to kind of manipulate that top line sell number. So that's why I like price to sales. And right now we've got price to sales at the highest level on record ever in the world, right? Three. We're running almost three times price to sales right now in the markets. And historically going back, whenever you get really above about one and a half, your rate of return in the market over the next decade is below zero. So very, very overvalued currently in the markets, no doubt about that. But, you know, this is the problem with valuations. Valuations are a horrible market timing device. Um, one thing we that, you know, people talk about quite often is Schiller's CAPE ratio, which is the cyclically, adjust, uh, cyclically adjusted price to earnings ratio. So uh, this is looking at earnings at the bottom line of this of the statement. But, you know, historically going back to 1900, you know, overvaluations of markets have always led to very poor returns over the next decade or so. And currently we're trading at 36 times trailing earnings, which is the second highest level ever on record. And the problem with valuations as a timing metric, right, is that if I just sold out of my portfolio and went to cash every time we hit historic valuations of 23 to 25 times earnings, I could have avoided a lot of the downturns in the markets, but I would also missed out on a lot of the potential gains because markets can remain overvalued for a very long period of time. So while valuations are good at telling us about what our forward returns are going to be, they're not a great 
indicator to tell us when to get in or get out of market. So, you know, I get the idea that, you know, a, you know, the, the problem of short-term investing versus long-term outlooks. And a lot of people get confused about how do we marry those two together. Well, we understand that the long-term value, the, the long-term valuation is a problem for markets, but we got to make money now. Right. There's opportunities now to make money. And and that's the important thing that we want to do. And, you know, if we take a look at, you know, value versus growth just over the last 12 years, what we've seen is, is that growth has dramatically outperformed value. So, you know, this has just been one of those dynamics of markets because of all this Fed, Fed liquidity, all this stuff coming in is that that's been where the market has migrated to, right? We've had just a huge risk-taking environment over the course of the last 12 years because of zero interest rates, massive amounts of Fed liquidity. And during this entire time frame, valuations have remained above 23, 25 times earnings. So you would have missed out on this entire, you know, 700% advance in the growth index if you had just been sitting in cash, right? And so that's why value, look, valuations are very important. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they're, they're terrible devices in terms of telling you when to invest or when to be more cautious. And that's where technical analysis really comes into play. And this is why even as any investor, you need to have a very basic understanding of technical analysis. If you're going to invest money in the markets, You've got to have a basic understanding of technical analysis. And, and because this is what can help you mitigate risk in your portfolios over time. And look, a lot of people dismiss technical analysis as voodoo, right? It's, um, and that's primarily due to a lack of understanding of how they work. You know, they, they, they read somebody on the internet that says, oh, the, you know, this is my technical signal says this, and you've got to get out of the markets, blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't work. So they go, see, technicals don't work. Told me to get out of the market, and the market just went up. Nothing works 100% of the time, ever. And we've talked about this before, you know, equating it to baseball. I mean, even the, you know, Hall of Fame baseball players that bat, you know, consistently and make it to Hall of Fame, their batting average is 40%. And what you need to be successful in the market is a technical indicator that's right 70% of the time, Right? Nothing's nothing's going to work 100% of the time. The trick is understanding that when something's not working, it doesn't mean your system's broken. It just means that the market isn't responding currently, and so you have to make some adjustments. So, and I want to be clear what we're talking about here. We're not talking about day trading, okay? We're not talking about being all in the market or all out of the market one day to the next or one position to the next. We're talking about managing risk over time. We're talking about using technical analysis to increase or decrease exposure moderately, you know, doing the, as we've equated back to gardening previously, kind of like the weeding and the pruning of the garden. If you don't, if you don't harvest your bounty, it'll just rot on the vines. If you don't weed the garden, the weeds will take over the garden. So managing a good garden and making sure you've got a healthy producing garden requires that you water it, you fertilize it, you prune it, you weed it, you make sure that it's, that it's healthy, right? The same thing goes for your portfolio. 
And so a lot of what we talk about is just just that weeding and pruning process. We talk uh, uh, talk a lot on uh, our website, RAPro.net, where we post all of our trades and our analysis. We talk a lot on there about, hey, we're taking some profits here. We're increasing some exposure over here. We're rebalancing this over here. That's that weeding and pruning process that goes on all the time in portfolios. And, and that's the way you should be managing your portfolio. But importantly, as opposed to a lot of the mainstream commentary, technical analysis is fallible, but it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means that sometimes markets do things that you are certainly not <laughs> expecting it to do. And, you know, if we take a look at a long-term chart of the S&P 500 and use very basic signals, you know, we can structure a methodology to help avoid some of that downside risk. And again, it doesn't mean be all in or all out, right? It just means that there are times where you want to have more exposure and times you want to have less exposure. And, you know, are you going to miss some of the upside? Yes, you are. Because signals aren't going to get you in right at the bottom. And they're not going to get you out right at the top. So you're going to wind up you know, taking a little bit of hit at the top, you're going to miss a bunch of the downside, and then you're going to miss a little bit of the of the recovery. And that really goes back to our kind of our Rothschild's rule of investing, which is, you know, we want the 80% in the middle. I'll give up the 10% at the top and the 10% at the bottom. I want that 80% in the middle. I either want to capture the 80% of that middle advance. It's okay if I get out early, right? I get a big bulk of the advance, and I want to miss about 80% of that downside when it occurs. So if I'm a little bit late getting out, that's okay. I just want to miss a big bulk of that downside when it occurs. If I get a little bit early, that's okay, right? But it's it's protecting that capital on the downside that matters over time. So what you need is simply just a very simplistic method of technical analysis. And look, there's there's a billion ways to do it. I mean, everybody does it differently. You can't use my methods because I understand my methods, right? You've, got to de- you've kind of got to develop something that works for you, but keep it simple. All you need is a couple moving averages and you know a, a moving average crossover or something like that, something simplistic. Don't get too complicated. The more complicated you get, the more signals that you overlay with, with charts and those type of things, it's very easy to get lost off into the weeds. But the more signals you use, the more the, the probability rises you're going to start to get uh, analysis paralysis. In other words, you'll start getting a bunch of conflicting signals, and so you're not going to do anything because you've got too many signals that are crossing each other and not really telling you what you're going to do, and you just don't do anything. So keep it simple. You know, it's like, you know, it's the old KISS principle. And if you keep it simple, all you're trying to do is just mitigate some of the risk. So, yes, back to our, you know, original comment. Yeah, we recently added exposure to markets because markets were oversold short term. And we're looking for a tradable opportunity to make a little bit of money here. And we'll take profits again in the next couple of weeks when this rally gets over. Now, does that mean we're going to sell everything? No, that's not what that means. It means we're going to go from, you know, 60% exposure to our portfolio to 70% of exposure to our portfolio. The rest is in bonds, whatever they're in. And then our equities will pull back to 60%. It's just that method of, of increasing, reducing risk. It's like driving a car. I'm not going to drive with my foot full down on the accelerator. I'm going to slow down every now and then. Be right back after the break. Take it back to Molly waiting at the door. 
Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. You could be one of the 7 in 10 people requiring long-term care in your lifetime. Are you prepared for nursing home care costs averaging more than $7,600 a month? Our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff for the basics of long-term care. Long-term care. Register at Real investmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care june 24th at noon realinvestmentadvice.com